Welcome to the Perimenopause Sessions, a collection of bite-sized episodes where I'm going to be explaining just what the heck's going on with your body and mind, help you sort through all the information that's out there, and share with you some simple strategies and hacks to help you navigate your way through the perimenopause transition feeling amazing. My name's Alex, founder of ChickFit and fellow perimenopause woman. I'm a women's fitness and wellness expert who works with women from new mum recovery right through to the postmenopause years. And I'm all about empowering women with the knowledge, strategies and mindset that they need to navigate through life feeling their very best. Join me as we explore the perimenopause years. A huge welcome to the very first episode of the Perimenopause Sessions. I'm so excited to get started with this one and so excited to put together this series of podcast episodes because I think we really need this right now, don't we? I know that the perimenopause is getting talked about a lot more. It's becoming less of a taboo thing to talk about, but that doesn't mean that it's not still a bit misunderstood. There aren't still some misconceptions around it that I think that we need to all be aware of. And even though there is lots of information out there now, I think sometimes it can become a bit much. It can become very, very confusing. And so I really hope that over the next few weeks, I'm going to be able to help you to kind of sort the wheat from the chaff a little bit to kind of hone in on the things that are important to you as well. Because quite frankly, every woman that goes through the menopause, the perimenopause years, has a different experience. And so we need to know more about the things that are concerning us the most, and we needed to know what we can do about it as well. And I think as well, I just want to address some of those misconceptions that, for example, the menopause is all about hot flushes. You know, I think that's a huge one that everyone just thinks, oh, it's just all about hot flushes. But there is so much more to it than that. And also this idea that you can't be perimenopausal until your late 40s. I know I had a discussion with a client recently, actually, and she'd been to the doctor saying, look, I'm noticing these changes. I think my hormones are starting to change. I think I'm in the perimenopause. And the doctor said to her, you can't be, you're in your early 40s. And, you know, I'm going to smash that one straight away because you absolutely can be. Some women start to notice changes in their early 40s, even in their late 30s, actually. For some women, it might be later than that as well. But like I say, every single person person's journey is different. And I believe at the end of the day, us women know our bodies best. So if we think that something's not right, if we think that things are changing, then we're usually totally, totally right. But the good news is that that is information. Anything that's changing, anything that feels different is information. And the beauty of that for me is that if we're getting the information, we've got it in our power to actually do something about it. Now, I'm going to be talking a lot more about exactly what the perimenopause is and what symptoms to be on the lookout for in the next episode. But before I do that, I just wanted to share with you a little bit of my own story so far, because I am right there in the trenches with all of you right now. I'm figuring out some of this stuff for myself. I'm trying different things out and I'm learning kind of how to transition through this phase in the best possible way. And that is because I have myself, you know, I'm in my mid-40s now, I started to notice changes a few years ago. So my first clue that stuff was starting to move on (laughs) in terms of my hormone profile was changes to my menstrual cycle. And actually, I started to notice it after having my second baby. He's now nine years old, but I had him when I was 35. And I think that this is like a really sort of normal thing these days is that a lot of us are having babies in our mid 40, uh, mid 30s, sorry, our late 30s. And what's happening is that we're obviously coming out of that 
it's, you know, those childbearing years, we're coming out of that postnatal period and kind of whacking straight into the start of perimenopause hormonal changes. And that certainly can, you know, have a big bearing on things and it can make things more pronounced possibly. And so my first experience was those menstrual cycle changes, you know, shorter cycles, um, much longer periods, much heavier periods which we're getting to the point that I was like, I really need to do something about this. And, you know, I went to the doctor, the doctor put me on the pill. It made me bleed for four weeks nonstop. I decided this is not the route for me. I'm not doing this. The second thing for me was PMT. I mean, I've never really experienced much PMT. I mean, I've had the odd, you know, grumpy day, whatever, but this was getting, you know, this is like next level stuff. It was getting worse and worse. And I think, like I say, from after having Josh when I was, you know, 35, I started to notice it a little bit more. And certainly in my early 40s, I was like, my gosh, what's happening to me? You know, I'd just be in the worst mood for a few days. I would feel absolutely awful. And because I was having these shorter cycles as well, it just felt like, you know, for a week out of every month, I was just really feeling terrible. I was not feeling like myself at all. And so I was really struggling. I was really struggling with that kind of the loss of energy, the tiredness. You know, I'd have a nap three, four days in a row in the afternoon because I just <laughs> I couldn't get through the day. And like I say, the mood swings were horrific. So that was kind of my first sign. And then more recently, I suppose, a couple of the things that I've noticed are maybe a slightly lower energy, a slightly lower motivation than I've had previously, particularly motivation to exercise, which might surprise you. I'm still doing it, by the way, but maybe not to my full power level <laughs> right now, I'll be honest. Um, and also over the summer, kind of, I started to recognise that my sleep was getting a bit more disrupted as well. And I know that's like a really big you know, sign for a lot of women as well, is that you know either they can't get to sleep, they feel tired, but they're awake and they're wired or they're waking up in the middle of the night and they just can't get back to sleep again. And I was starting to recognise that. But luckily, I've kind of taken a lot of this and sort of gone, right, this is information. I'm listening in. What do I need to do? And for myself, the things that really worked for me were acupuncture, which really helped to regulate my menstrual cycle to make my periods less heavy, which I did a few years ago. And actually, even now, I'm still feeling the benefits of that. And for sure, you know, if I start to notice changes again, I'm going straight back. I really am. It, it was brilliant for me. But the other thing as well was a huge dose of self-care, a huge dose of self-awareness as well, which has been massive for me. It's been really, really key. So things like just changing the way that I work, thinking about some of my values, slowing down a little bit. I think that I've always been one of these people, and I'm sure I'm not alone with this, that is all about if I'm busy, I'm successful. And if I want to achieve more, I've got to work harder and I've got to do more. And, you know, measuring myself on, you know, numbers, like how many clients do I have? How many sessions have I got this week? And all those kind of things. And I've reevaluated that and I've realized that it wasn't serving me. It wasn't helping me because it was just adding to my stress, which was then adding to my symptoms. And so, I've really worked on my values. I've worked on, you know, how I can adjust my values to help myself slow down a bit. I have also been thinking about what I want the next few years to look like as well, because I think we do have to consider that. We do have to think, well, do I still want to be running around like this in five years' time? And the answer is definitely no. So what do I need to do now to address that? Because I know, you know, for me, and I will talk about this a lot more over coming weeks, is that stress has got a huge part to play in this. And, you know, for me, it certainly was. I had to address that. 
that was like literally bottom line. The first thing you got to do is sort your stress out, woman. Um, and that's so that's what I've been doing. And I've been working really hard at that or not so hard, actually, should I say, <laughs> working on slowing down. I've been working less hard and it's, you know, it's really, really helped me. But then there's other little things as well, like adding more daylight in, which is a great tip, by the way. And I w- again, I'll talk more about this later, but if you're noticing disrupted sleep and you're trying all the, you know, Epsom salt bath and lavender and no electronics before bed and blah, blah, blah. And you're still finding that you are not getting that good quality sleep. Getting more daylight is huge. Like a lot of us, particularly in the winter, we will sit inside all day long. We won't actually get any proper daylight into our eyes and that can mess with our circadian rhythm. And so if you are struggling with that, then one of the biggest tips I would give you, one thing to try straight away is to get out, particularly in the morning, and get some daylight in because that is going to help to regulate that circadian rhythm. And that's definitely something else I've been doing more of. And you know what? My sleep is way better. I'm sleeping so, so well at the moment. So uh, I'm really grateful for that. But of course, this is all a journey. You know, I'm feeling pretty good for now. I've addressed quite a few of these issues over the last couple of years and it has made a big difference to me. But I know that, you know, more change could well be on its way as well. So for me, getting proactive right now is really, really important. And that's just what I'm going to be helping you with as well so that you're not having to wait until things get really, really bad, but you can start to pick up on the subtle, the sometimes not so subtle clues And you can start doing the work now because if you do that, if you get proactive now, it gives you time. Like you've got time to figure out what works for you because there is really no one size fits all. You can try different things. You can try different strategies and, you know, get where you need to go and make sure that that transition is as smooth as it possibly can be. Anyway, that's me. That's a little bit of an introduction to me, my story, where I've been so far. And, you know, of course, I'm still very much on that track. But before I say goodbye, I just want to give you a bit of a rundown of what I'm going to be talking about over the coming weeks. So next week, I'm going to talk all about what the perimenopause is and what symptoms to be on the lookout for. And I will share with you a few little tidbits from the perimenopause survey that I sent out recently, which was really, really interesting. And we're also going to talk about what's going on with your sleep. I've already mentioned that, but we're going to talk about a bit more about sleep and what to do about it. We're going to talk about things like midlife weight gain. Uh, this is huge. <laughs> this is a big one for people. They're like, why am I putting weight on? I'm doing all the things and it's just going on. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the best exercise for midlife. And we're going to talk about creating that exciting life plan because it's not just about the physical acts of exercise and better nutrition. It's actually also about mindset as well. So I think that that is going to be really, really important. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss out over the coming weeks, do make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you hear about all the future episodes. And you can also join my priority perimenopause mailing list to get even more great tips, knowledge bombs, and some special, special things that I've got coming up for you over the next few months. So just head to the link in the show notes to sign up for everything. But for now, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to look forward to seeing you for more next week. Thank you so much for joining me for the perimenopause sessions today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do leave me a rating or a review. And of course, make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes.